This episode is brought to you by Living in the Light Co. Brooke started this as a passion project in 2019 while working full-time as a nurse. In 2020, she felt God was calling her to use it as a ministry and left nursing to pursue this full-time. All L-I-T-L Co. apparel is designed custom by Brooke. No items are purchased through mass sellers. All of the bows and scrunchies are wholesale through small U.S. businesses and are handmade. Their goal is to wholesale through more and more small businesses so that customers know where their items are sourced, who is making them, and ultimately can be reassured that when they spend money with them, it is going to wholesome families who are creating beautiful things to support themselves. And personally, my favorite part about them are their priority is to ensure that LITL Co. is 100% spiritually based and run, and they do not cave to culture. So head over to their website, www.litlco.com, and use the code THOSEGIRLS to get 10% off of your purchase. Thanks. Rhythm of what is going on hormonally throughout the month. And um, it was really interesting. I was actually talking to a client of mine about this, and we were talking about the workplace and how a lot of times it's set up for how men's bodies work, right? Ellen and I were just talking about this. And and so she was actually Mm -hmm. trying to bring to her workplace how can we create an environment that is more friendly to our fluctuations, you know? can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. You're listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And I'm Melanie. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. So I am so excited for this episode. This is probably our most anticipated episode. This is an episode I have really looked forward to. Um, I know that Melanie, Vic, and I have all talked about this episode <laughs> in previous episodes and if you follow me or if you're friends with me on Facebook you know that this this is a, a big topic um but we want to say a few things before we get started into the episode one of the things I do want to say is this is not an episode meant to shame anyone this is not an episode to make you feel bad this is just an episode to give you information um when you know better you can do better the more information you have the more you can make good informed decisions but you know 
one of our goals is to be an alternative, um, to give an alternative perspective on topics. Those are the girls exist really to be something else in the mainstream because mainstream is not going to give you some of these conversations. These conversations aren't really being had on certain podcasts and that's why we're here. So I just want to reiterate, this is not to shame anybody. This is not to hurt anyone's feelings. And if that is what happens, we do apologize. And if you have a loving um, critique about the issues, not necessarily about who we are as people, but if you have one about the issue, we would love to hear it. Yes. And I am just so excited to be here with you guys today. I'm so excited to share this information with you guys. And, and just another side note is that the things that we talk about in today's episode are purely informational. It's not at all meant to replace a conversation that you would have with your doctor. This is just to get you going in the right, uh, in the right direction when you start to research some of these topics. Yeah. So that voice is Dr. Rebecca V. Uh, After working at several clinics and spending her teenage years as a young woman suffering from severe menstrual cramps, she felt disappointed with the one-size-fits-all approach she saw in women's health. She noticed how discouraged each patient felt when they were treated like a number rather than an individual. Throughout her studies, though, she was encouraged to see that there's more individualized approach to wellness out there. She's committed to helping you understand what's going on in your body. Let's uncover the causes of your period problems and fertility challenges so that you can strive and maybe even start growing your family. So welcome, Dr. V. Yay! And how do you pronounce your last name? Yes. So it's Vavilov. um, And that's usually why I go by Dr. V because it's so much (laughs) easier. (laughs) Well, I will say we all have had our own like separate menstrual what I was gonna say we've had our own separate journeys like we're in very different boxes yes yeah so I'll start with mine so I um I'm married I got on the pill when I 2018 I was 22 years old I had never like been on the pill before but I was having severe acne so my doctor's like hey let's put you on the pill it'll help regulate your acne and that was the worst decision of my life. Um, I had like severe anxiety from it. In two years, I gained 40 pounds from being on the pill and have struggled with losing that 40 pounds ever since. I, I consistently weighed 120 pounds my whole life, always had issues gaining weight, never had issues like, oh, wow. like losing weight. And so, um, but just been trying to like I went from the pill to the bar in my arm after complaining about weight gain and they said oh well this is like non-hormone or minimum minimum hormones in the bar let's put that in instead of you taking the pill and then I got the bar out probably within a little over a year of having it in and have not been on birth control ever since. My husband and I do um, natural fertility planning. I'm like blanking on the name right now. Family planning. Yeah, family planning. Thank you. Natural family planning. I check my temperature every morning, load it in the app to figure out what my fertile days are. We're not wanting kids right now. So we're not having sex when I'm um, 
an ovulation phase. And so it's really for me learning, like, cause I had no idea about my, like the four phases of a woman's period until I was going through Catholic um, wedding training, whatever. And they're like, yeah, like instead of birth control, this is what we recommend. It's track your cycle. And I'm like, why wasn't I taught this? Why was I taught that the, when like, the only way for me to like have sex and not get pregnant is through birth control. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of times people's reaction is why was I not taught this earlier? Yeah. yeah. Like, why wasn't I taught that you're not supposed to be cramping like during like your menstrual cycle and like, it's yeah. not supposed to be like as painful and like feeling bad and all this stuff. I said and- in another well, I was gonna say really quick, I said in another episode um, about misinformation. I all my friends have not all, but a good chunk of my friends have irregular periods. My period is very regular, but I get a terrible headache the day before and then toward the end. So I thought, oh, I'm great. Like this, at least I just get a headache. Like I didn't realize that even that was wrong because they don't talk about those things. Right. Yeah. Right. So Melanie, so, talk well, yeah, but I, I would say, like, for me, like, the only thing that's working weight-wise, weight-loss-wise now, and this is, like, what my doctor recommended, is, like, low-carb keto lifestyle, because all my weight is, like, hormonal weight, and my body, why I gained weight, it thought I was going through menopause, and so it felt the need to hold Whoa. on to weights, and wow. being, like, you're not, Dang. like, yeah. So and you're not the only person who's going through that. People, people are probably going through that and have no idea why they just accept yeah. it. Melanie, you like, were talking I about. I had, well, no, I'm almost done. Like I was having panic attacks when I started the pill. Oh, wow. Awful. Oh my goodness. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah sorry. Melanie, terrible. go ahead. I'm done talking now. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, um, grew up and I think that we all can relate probably similarly that talking about our periods was just so hush hush Mm -hmm. I remember my mom whispering to me (laughs) in the grocery store you know teaching me about pads I remember my dad not liking that I was just holding my pads blatantly in the grocery store one time he didn't like that I was not hiding them and so I always remember that I remember wondering why do we whisper, do you have a tampon like to our classmates in high school? And why do we hide our pads in our sleeves going to the bathroom? Anyways, I just always remember having those thoughts. And for me, I got exposed to fertility awareness, NFP, really through the pro-life movement. I attended a benefit dinner for, um, natural womanhood and that was really the first time where I was hearing these talks and learning like oh my goodness I didn't know there was a way to know and love your body and understand your cycle and so uh, a year ago now I started learning the Creighton model with a fertility care practitioner and through that experience I learned that I have low progesterone Mm -hmm. and now that I'm older 
I have made the connection of why I was experiencing the symptoms I was for so long. Um, for example, my period um, typically was always like 22 days long, not, not the bleeding, but the cycle length. And then I would start bleeding again. And it was just such a few days of just getting to frolic and have fun and just, you know, not bleed. And then I would start bleeding, you know, again. And um, I also would have very painful cramps, be very, very irritable. And my boyfriend can attest to that. And <laughs> thankfully, there's a, a NAPRO technology OBGYN in my city who prescribed to me progesterone. So now I'm taking progesterone. Um, uh, I forgot the word, um, like hormone. Uh, it's like similar to your actual hormones. Bioidentical. Yes. Yeah. Bioidentical progesterone. She knows what she's talking about, y'all. <laughs> at certain times of, <laughs> it's certain at a certain time in my cycle, a peak plus three, my peak type mucus at three days after the last day of peak type mucus is when I start taking my progesterone for mm. 10 days. And so now my cycles are like 30 days long. Which to me, like y'all, if you, if you, if you know, like if you've ever experienced, I'm like, this is heaven having like another week of not having my period. Like I could cry because of how happy I am with the, the just less cramps, less being a different person with just being angry and diff different things like that. And um, I've also started with my temperature with um, temp drop which I love and the read your body app. And so for me, I'm not married, but it really has been an experience of just really wanting to know my body and just understand my health. And then when I am married one day to then use that information to plan a family. And so I always just encourage girls like start as soon as, as soon as you want to like start learning, there's it it will only benefit you to understand your cycle. And another benefit I want to add is that I realize that there is a history of miscarriage in my family. And now that I think about it, there must be a connection of the low progesterone. Like it's probably not just me. Like I'm sure my familial line also had low progesterone equals possibility, possibly, I don't actually know why they miscarried so many times. And so I'm so thankful also to fertility awareness, my practitioner, my doctor, um, that I can learn this now while I'm unmarried and start now doing what I can. And so in the hopes that I won't have to experience that one day, God willing, I don't know, um, but knowing that I did everything I could. So just another benefit of why it's been a wonderful experience. So that's yeah. a synopsis of my story and just my love for fertility awareness. Also, I plan to become a fertility practitioner myself. So I'm really excited one day to get to teach other women this information. I love it. She was so excited when I <laughs> told her like your credentials. She's like, oh my goodness. That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, I love it. There needs to be more people out in the world sharing this information. I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. So I'll say mine really quick. Um, I I guess my, I got my period at 10, which I mean, I guess none of my other friends got there. So they were like 12 or 13-ish. So mm -hmm. that is kind of unusual. Um, and then that's kind of around 
I guess I gained, I gained weight around like eight years old. And then I, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But anyway, so fast forward, fast forward. I, like I said, I didn't really have period issues. Like I got it. It was regular. I had the app. I know people who don't get the apps because it's like, I have no idea, but no, my app is like right nine times out of 10. And if it's wrong, it'll be like literally just one day. So I have very regular periods. I just get the headache. Um, and then I do get a little emotional, but that we can talk about that another time. <laughs> and then like Melanie though, the more I got involved in the pro-life movement, the more I started learning about these things. I never did birth control. I know a lot of my friends started when they were younger because of acne, but only because of my mom's, I guess maybe my dad's side too, but I never really had acne growing up. So I didn't really have, that wasn't something that like I struggled with. So that never even became a thing for me. Um, and then I got to college and like a lot of people were on birth control, but that just wasn't something that I felt like I needed or for various reasons. Um, but yeah, so then when I got more involved um, in the pro-life movement, they started talking a little bit about like birth control being a board of facing, which we'll get into later, and about like how it harms women. And it just really got me thinking because my sophomore year, I believe, we had an exchange student come and she got off of her birth control um, because she came, she came from London because she came and was staying here and she couldn't get a prescription. But she ended up getting a cyst because mm -hmm. her body was so used to that birth control. And mm -hmm. I think I've shared this story before on the podcast, but I just remember thinking like, whoa, that's crazy. That's what birth control can do for you. Oh, and I do remember this one other girl. She was like the it pretty girl at our school. It was small. Um, Seton Hall, which is in New Jersey. It's like 4,000, I think maybe 5,000 max. And so everybody knows everybody. So she was like the it pretty girl and she started gaining weight and everybody was like, it's because she's on birth control. It's because she's on birth control. It's because she's on birth control. And I don't know if that was true, but that was like my extent of knowledge of birth control. And then we, I started doing pro-life things and I started learning more about it. And I just like, and I also started learning more about my body. Like uh, Vic said, she sent me this podcast that I, I think I didn't let she sent it to me and I was like okay I'll listen to it and then I listened to it three months later and I was like obsessed I bought the book at least at Vitties. I bought the book yeah. I told everybody I knew about it I got the app <laughs> I was on her thing and I was like hey I should listen to her three months ago but that's when I got interested about it because also mm -hmm. too I mean I think that some of the information that I'm learning more could also probably help me with my weight and that's why I like just really quick everybody I've done my story but I just want to say this like preference before we start getting into your questions that's why I like that all three of us are we're in different phases of our relationships I'm single Melanie is dating serious dating and Vic is married uh we have very different three different uh body types I mean completely different so we're kind of representing all the girls that are listening so hopefully anything and that... i'm married with two kids so and you're, wow, yeah wow. representation <laughs> yeah wow, we could not rounding so it good. out yes yes this is perfect so hopefully we'll be able to have questions and you can relate to someone on the screen if you're watching or someone you see if you're listening so let's get into it um we're going to do questions from our audience so tons of people reached out to me personally on the facebook page on the instagram um in the first question well the question everybody asked about everybody maybe asked like two or three questions and then all of everybody asked about birth control so let's just get into it why most people are probably listening can you tell us how birth control works yeah. And just to rewind even a little bit. So, um, my experience is in natural health. And so I use a restorative approach, um, when it comes to addressing 
hormonal and fertility related challenges. And so I'm not a medical doctor. And so I don't prescribe medications. And so I don't tell anybody to get off medications. Um, but what we can do is talk about how some things work and how our physiology works. And then people can make decisions about, you know, is this something that I want to think more on and maybe talk to my doctor and, and talk about the potential of trying something different. Um, and so I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I have a quick question since you said that. So should we have, okay, let's say, so I'll say for myself, once I, um, get a little bit more financially, um, once I can balance my finances better, I'll put it that way. I would like to live a more natural life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to go to a natural path. I want to go to someone like you Mm -hmm. now. Should I also still, should we have both like a natural path and a, a health protection, like a, a doctor, doctor, or what do you think? Yeah, I always say yes, um, because different types of practitioners have different tools in their toolbox. And so, for example, um, going to your regular OB or your midwife um, or your other general practitioner, you know, they can do various types of lab testing. They can do imaging like ultrasounds and things like that. Um, And and if a medication is needed, which sometimes it totally is, you know, um, then they're able to prescribe that for you. And and then having a naturopath or somebody who's more of a functional practitioner, they can help with um, they have different tools. And so a lot of it is, you know, um, food choices and lifestyle, and maybe some herbal remedies or protocols, different supplements, things that, um, it's just different tools, you know? Um, and so I think honestly, the best approach is having a little bit of both worlds and then you're, you're fully rounded and fully covered. Yeah. Okay, good question. Okay. What kind of doctor, and I don't know if you can answer this, but so like my OBGYN was like, Hey, like, we want you on the pill like they were pushing the pill when I told them I want the bar out they're like are you sure like you're not wanting kids right now they're very much like pushing for this hormonal birth control Mm -hmm. and I mean I haven't gone back since because I'm like I don't want this you were trying to push this on me so what would you recommend like when like looking for like a OBGYN to look for or is there like I mean, I know you need like an OBGYN, but is there like a different type of doctor too to like look for? Mm-hmm. Well, like, what would you recommend to me from like a doctor saying you need to be on birth control? Yeah, it's so frustrating when you get that answer because it's like, no, I don't want to be, you know, I want to get to the root of my issues, but I don't think you're hearing me. And yeah, because so- they didn't understand. I'm like, I'm, I gained 40 pounds. I've never gained weight in my life. Mm-hmm. And it all leads to the birth control. I don't want to be on this. I don't understand why I can't lose weight. Yeah. And it was yeah. like the Alyssa VD podcast that I'm like, it's the birth control that's causing this. And so yeah. it's like, where, like, who do I, what kind of doctor do I look for to be like, hey, I want more of a natural role, mm-hmm. like path. Yeah. So sometimes midwives are more holistic in their approach and you don't have to be pregnant to see a midwife. Oh, <laughs> um, they do just well visits as well. Um, so that's an option. Um, sometimes like a DO, like an osteopathic, uh, practitioner, they also can prescribe medications, but a lot of times they're more holistic minded. And, um, and then sometimes you can find a really great MD that has maybe been like trained in NAPRO. And so they're, um, more open to other alternatives to hormonal methods. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, 
earlier before we quickly switch topics, um, can you explain how birth control works really quick? Yeah. So, um, birth control. So the way that it works, um, you know, everything in the body is connected, right? Um, sometimes we like to compartmentalize things and just say, okay, my reproductive system and my female hormones are like one thing. And then, you know, my digestion is another thing. And, you know, my metabolic hormones are another thing, but everything is really connected. Um, Mm -hmm. ovulation, um, which is the process when an ovary, uh, releases an egg from an ovarian follicle each month. Um, so the process of ovulation actually starts in the brain. Okay. Um, so it doesn't start in the ovaries. It starts in the brain and the brain communicates to the ovaries and there's this feedback loop and it tells your ovaries to produce different hormones. And so there's this constant communication when you're introducing synthetic hormones, um, that feedback loop gets disrupted and your brain goes, Hey, we've got enough hormone. So ovaries, stop making hormone because we've already got enough. You don't need to do your job. And so then what happens is um, ovulation is then suppressed. Okay. And so you will still get a bleed because you stop taking hormones. You know, you have your withdrawal bleed um, and you take the placebo, you know, for a week or so. Um, And then you'll start up the hormones again. Um, But you're not actually ovulating when you're on the pill. And so you're not getting a true period, you know, it's just a withdrawal bleed from the hormones. Yeah. Yeah. What are, and so the next question is like, what are some secrets that they don't tell us? But I think that's one of them. I don't think people know that you're not really actually bleeding. I mean, they told us we're getting like, we're having a period like normal, like yeah, never told that, you know, this is a natural Right. And I think, you know, I think part of the reason too, is because the period is what we see in our cycle, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's visible. Like we can tell if we've got our period or not, but you don't see ovulation because that's in our ovaries. And so sometimes I think, you know, what, because it's hidden, we don't even think to ask the question, you know, well, is the rest of my cycle normal? You know, I'm getting my period like normal, but what about everything else? Um, but, but during your cycle, during your menstrual cycle, you know, the whole entire thing from, um, from cycle day one of when you first start to bleed all the way, you know, through ovulation and until the next, um, the next period, there's a lot of things going on and your ovaries have their own cycle and your uterus has its own cycle as well. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really cool. (laughs) So So what's the uterus cycle? Like what's the ovary cycle? Is it like the ovary cycle, like the three or four days during ovulation? Yeah. So what happens? So the menstrual cycle is this really like intricate process. Okay. And like I said, everything is all interconnected. You've got all different hormones that are doing different things. Um, hormones, hormones are just messengers. They're communicators. They tell your cells what to do. Okay. Um, so if you're not on, um, hormonal birth control, if you're just regular, like naturally cycling. Okay. Um, so cycle day one is the first day of your period. So what's going on in the uterus is your uterine lining is shedding right? Um, And then that will start to build up after you're done bleeding, it'll start to build up. um, And then it'll prepare for the potential of implantation throughout the rest of the month. Um, So that's what's going on in the uterus. 
in the ovaries. So the ovaries are your primary hormone producers. Um, when it comes to like sex hormones, like estrogen and progesterone, things like that. And so cycle day one, when your uterus is, um, shedding it's lining, your ovaries are super busy. They are busy maturing follicles that contain eggs that will mature. And one of them will be released about midway through the cycle. That's called ovulation. And the exact date of ovulation varies from woman to woman and even from cycle to cycle. Traditionally, they say that might be cycle day 14. Um, but in reality, even something like a stressful event can delay ovulation. And so, and, and, and not everybody ovulates on cycle day 14. Um, for women who have really long or irregular cycles, usually ovulation is delayed. Sometimes ovulation doesn't even happen. Um, and so that's why, you know, charting your cycle and assessing your actual fertility signs can be so beneficial to, to know actually what's going on. Um, but if halfway during the cycle, that egg is released from the follicle. And, and meanwhile, um, estrogen has been the dominant hormone during this first half of the cycle. Well, once that follicle breaks open, releases an egg, it will actually turn into a structure called the corpus luteum. And this is a temporary endocrine structure that will then go ahead and make progesterone. And progesterone will be the dominant hormone in the second half of the cycle. Um, you're still making estrogen, but progesterone in uh, larger amounts. And so the only way to make progesterone is if you're ovulating. And so if, you know, that's something that, um, a lot of times we really want to assess is whether or not we're ovulating and, and then that affects our hormones. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. This is so fascinating. Um, and this kind of gets over to another question that a lot of people have and that I personally have is like, why don't they tell us this? Like, do you, <laughs> is there a reason? Do you know, is it like big pharma or what's your opinion? Cause I guess you, unless you're there, you don't really know, but like, what do you think is holding people back from like letting us know about these things? It's a good question. And I don't really know that I have an exact answer to it. I don't know people's motives, but I think, um, if I had to guess, there's a couple things. First of all, you know, it can be complicated, right? It's a yeah, lot to explain. Yeah. And, you know, we're women, we're smart, we can understand it. And if we have the desire to understand it, you know, it's certainly it's no issue. Um, but it takes, more time to explain than just here's a pill, right? Mm, um, and so it takes time. And doctors a lot of times only have, you know, 10, 15 minutes in an appointment. And so can you imagine giving that talk, you know, with every appointment? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That fair. would be a lot, right? Granted, <laughs> I do that. Um, but I have 90 minute appointments when I see somebody for the first time. So I have the time. Um, and so I think that's one reason. Um, and then um also, you know, if you're going to use all of that information in a fertility awareness type of way, it involves work on our part. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, um, it's not like, you know, just take a pill every day, right? Um, you, you have to track, you have to uh, observe fertile signs every single day. And so not all women want to do that. Um, granted, I found over and over again that when women learn about fertility awareness, they're like, oh my goodness, I wish I had learned this earlier. You know, that's usually yeah. the typical mm -hmm. response. <laughs> yep. um, but I think sometimes it's assumed that we don't want to put in that work, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I want to yeah. add to that, um, Mallory, that question. So I, so I remember I, I so I got this off of Planned Parenthood's website that the first, um, I think this was the first birth control clinic was opened in 1923 by Margaret Sanger. And that <gasps> birth control clinic clinic later became what we know to be Planned Parenthood. That was the first Planned Parenthood. So I just want to add to that because that shows that the pill, hormonal contraception, has been around for, I guess, a hundred years. So that could be another reason why it's so mainstream and we're not really hearing about fertility awareness, NFP. And I don't know when NFP came on the scene, maybe it got popularized in the 1960s um, with the sexual revolution, probably. That, but I was going to say um, the release of the, I don't know what it's called, like the ecumenical paper of Humane Vitae that talks about like human dignity, by one by the pope at that time and so i i'm thinking that maybe in the 60s is when nfp was maybe starting to come on the scene but a lot of people have the stigma in their minds of your grandma's rhythm method um the rhythm method is this older i guess you could say a fertility awareness method it's but not a like calendar calendar yeah, method yeah Backing, not really yeah. yes bio no based off of them. your biomarkers and so a lot of people when they hear oh fertility uh, oh natural family planning oh the rhythm method oh that doesn't work mm-hmm. and so they're thinking of that old way when we've come so far farther with science with knowing your body temperature your mucus your cervical height um what would be another biomarker um I know even hormones another... urinary hormones yeah yeah peeing mm-hmm. to know your lh level and so we've come so far mm-hmm. from the calendar rhythm method and so i think that's just another possible reason is that um probably more um conventional doctors are just thinking of the rhythm method and oh that doesn't work your grandma's rhythm your grandma's you know nfp rhythm method but we here at those are the girls we're not using your grandma's uh, NFP. Uh-uh. no we're in 2022 uh-uh. fertility awareness uh-huh. yes. yeah. and we'll get to it later but even if you're protestant ladies we can do it too us protestants <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> I was going to yeah. say this really quick. Um, I was listening to Alisa Vitti. We all love her. Love her work. I don't know how she is in person. Um, but she made a comment that I just, this really sold me. She said that, um, for example, like with, um, so birth control, we know has all of these negative side effects, this, this, and that. And um, when they were making the erectile dysfunction medicine for men, is it a medicine, a pill, whatever it is for men, when they were making that, there was like one side effect they scratched the whole thing and started all the way over but when they were doing it with women it's kind of hard to do to do a lot of trials with women when they are in their like fertile years because they're trying really hard not to mess up people's fertility so it's a little bit everything's like iffy with women but with men because they don't have that um they're not blessed with what we're blessed with um they just anything like minor that happens okay we got to fix it we got to make sure the men are okay for their erectile dysfunction which is crazy not saying that you know I mean anyway like yeah I think because yeah like with like any medicine any form of diets medicine workouts it's all designed for 
men and women that are postmenopausal because there's nothing like there's hardly any studies done on women who are in their fertile years I think that's a big thing like we saw this time around with like the COVID-19 vaccine it's like this is the first time they've actually studied an effect like this vaccine for like us women that are like in our fertile years women's bodies behave so differently than men's just because Mm -hmm. we have our hormones that are fluctuating all throughout the month. Men's hormones fluctuate in a 24 hour period. Yes. Let's talk about that. That's on the list. Perfect. Perfect segue. Continue. Yeah. So their hormones fluctuate in the 24 hour period that they've got a boost of testosterone and cortisol in the morning gives them a lot of energy. And then by the evening, they want to sit on the couch. Right. Um, and, and women though, um, we also have the cortisol, thing going on because, uh, cortisol, melatonin regulate our circadian rhythms, our sleep wake cycle. Right. So we have that, um, rhythm, but then we also have our monthly rhythm of what is going on hormonally throughout the month. And, um, it was really interesting. I was actually talking to a client of mine about this, and we were talking about the workplace and how a lot of times it's set up for how men's bodies work, right? Mel and I were just talking about this. And and so she was actually Mm -hmm. trying to bring to her workplace, how can we create an environment that is more friendly to our fluctuations? You know, like for two weeks, we go out, you know, as we're approaching ovulation and we've got all the energy in the world and make our presentations. And then, you know, in those weeks where we're in our luteal phase and progesterone has taken over, it's the calming hormone. We're more internalized. Why can't we do all of our like desk work behind the scenes stuff during that time? So, but it's amazing. That's exactly what like Alyssa Vitti says. And like, I noticed it too, like during like the week, it's like, there's certain weeks that I'm just like crazy productive, certain weeks that I'm not certain weeks where I is I'm very creative and like can just kind of like sit down focus and think and come up with like new ideas. And there's just certain weeks I'm like, don't talk to me. Yeah, like I'm over yeah. this. <laughs> I'm in my luteal phase right now, so I am super like, okay, gotta get stuff done, gotta get stuff done. Um, but yeah, like I, you can definitely tell like when you start watching your body, and I think that's also important to watch your body. Um, why, like Melanie was saying too, to just start charting and seeing what's going on with your body. Um, so one thing that people, I really wanted to get this question out because a lot of people ask about this, um, as someone who likes to give, uh, who can recommend supplements and someone who is going about things in a more natural way, what are some things that people with PCOS and the endometriosis can do, um, after once they talk with their doctor about this, what are some things that you think could help them if they are interested in, um, trying to be more natural? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I add to, do you think in your opinion, PCOS is, is it on the rise or are we just more aware of it? And do you think it's birth control causing PCOS? Mm. 
So PCOS, it's estimated about one in 10 women could have PCOS, but that it's largely underdiagnosed. And mm-hmm. then um, with endometriosis, it's about the same. It's about one in 10. And again, it's largely underdiagnosed. And the reason why for endometriosis is in order to receive an official diagnosis, you actually have to have a laparoscopic surgery um, to be able to go in and look to see if there are lesions. Um, so horribly painful periods are a really good indicator that you might want to look into uh, endometriosis and talk to your doctor about it. Um, but they're finding that it takes about eight years from the time you start having symptoms to actually get a diagnosis. And wow. so is it, you know, because we're brushed off as period pain is normal, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it just doctors aren't aware, you know, I don't know the answer. Um, but I know that it's underrecognized, and a lot of times, um, endometriosis isn't found until there are challenges with fertility and then they start investigating further. Um, the other thing is with both endometriosis and PCOS and really other health related hormone related concerns. Um, a lot of times we're given the pill as, you know, right away, if we have symptoms, like get on the pill because it'll fix your symptoms. And sometimes it can do a great job at suppressing symptoms. You know, other times it's not so helpful, but, um, for like severe period pain, it can be helpful. And, but then what you're doing is you're delaying that investigation process, right? Mm -hmm. You're covering up the symptoms and, and maybe improving that, but that's not curing your endometriosis or PCOS. And so then a lot of times it's not until women want to have children, um, and they're getting off the hormonal contraceptives that they're actually figuring out, well, maybe there was a deeper underlying cause that we should have looked into before just going on the pill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, so I remember thinking I posted this a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago on my Facebook. I just shared some posts about uh, birth control, not good for women. Something I didn't think twice about it. I just thought it was true. Shared it. Well, it was this whole big thing. Like two or three people unfriended me. It became this big thing, and I just remember thinking like people are really attached to their birth control. I wasn't saying you're a terrible person. I'm li- like we should all be mad at the birth control, not me. I'm just, and I remember thinking like okay, this is kind of like, why is everybody so um, disrespectful? Or why is everyone so like, like, I don't know, like just so upset. Like personally attacked. Personally attacked, yes, yes. And you know, when I was thinking about it, it really is because for example, people, there are so many women with PCOS and endometriosis and they are told this is the only thing that can fix. There is no other option. We have to do this. and I think that, like you said, like going, speaking with your doctor, speaking with a health professional about like, what are some, what are, what can we do? Like, what can be done to actually fix the problem? Yeah. And, and investigating first before, you know, um, so full disclosure. So I was on the birth control pill. And so anything I say about the pill is absolutely no shame. Um, because that was the solution that was given to me when I, came in with painful periods as a teenager. And I mean, they were excruciating. I remember vividly that every month I could find one position that I could get myself into 
issue that would kind of relieve a little bit of pain, I was bending backwards over the bathtub and just to find like a little bit of release. They were bad. I would have to miss school sometimes and, you know, go to the nurse's office and it was awful. And so I remember like there were two things kind of motivating me to get on the pill. First of all, it's the first thing the doctor recommended. And honestly, I just wanted relief, you know? Um, and, and then the other thing is I had no idea that there were other options. Mm. And so I think that's, you know, where, where we find ourselves a lot of times. And so, um, you know, if you had told me at 16, when I had been on the pill, um, I'm going to take your birth control from you. I'd be mad too, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it was finally helping me get through the month. Um, but I think if we can provide, you know, the information that there are other options And there is some investigation that can be done and you can oftentimes, not always, oftentimes find a lot of symptom relief by addressing things more holistically. Then I think women are going to be more excited about the possibility of going that route. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the other options? So like I get off the pill, I'm having like that acne, I'm having bad cramps, or not even off the pill. I would say like, I'm a teen, like, what would you tell your teenage self that went in with like bad cramps and all that? Like, what would you have told yourself like differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I have two boys, I don't have daughters, but okay, if so. I do someday, <laughs> Lord willing, um, I will be teaching them how to chart their cycle from the very beginning. Um, and not in a way that is, you know, fertility focused, but in a way of your menstrual cycle is actually a vital sign. It's telling us essential information about your health. And we need to be paying just as much attention to your cycle as we would when you go to the doctor and get your blood pressure checked, you know, mm-hmm. or, or when you're sick and you have a high temperature. And so we need to be paying attention to it so that we can understand, you know, if there are some things that we need to work towards. Now, that being said, um, when we are first entering puberty and we're getting our hormones, our, our ovaries are starting to, you know, wake up and, and do their thing. Um, it's a big change. Okay. Um, it can take, you know, I've heard up to, you know, seven, sometimes even eight years for our period to actually regulate from the first time that we get our period. And so unfortunately, a lot of us are put on the pill in that first seven years, right? Mm. And so coming off the pill then in the future, well, our ovaries haven't even really learned how to do their job yet because they started, you know, gearing up and then they were shut down. Um, And then we want to wake them up and get pregnant right away, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have to, you know, I think, one of the things that I'm passionate about too is, is educating moms, um, so that they can be talking to their daughters about, um, about their cycles and how to assess them. Um, and so one of the main things is, you know, just focusing on lifestyle. Um, I think sometimes we forget, you know, how important it is to have good sleep, but it really is essential for our whole entire body to be functioning properly. All of our hormonal rhythms are, are actually based off of our circadian rhythm, which is our sleep wake cycle. And so if you're not sleeping well, chances are eventually your hormones are going to be affected. Um, and so everything is connected. And so starting with that and just 
just, you know, what are you eating? There are so many studies on just certain things in our food or even endocrine disruptors in our environment. And endocrine disruptor is just a fancy word for a chemical that can interfere with our hormones. And young girls are exposed to these all the time. Um, I was talking to a mom friend of mine and she was telling me that their young daughters are getting their periods, you know, early, like first grade. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, but if you think of what we're exposed to in our environment, you know, um, endocrine disruptors, anything from, you know, fragrances to plastics, to hormones in the food that we eat, if we're getting conventional meat, um, those animals are given hormones to beef them up, you know? Um, and so we're actually consuming them. When we, and I've heard now the trendy thing is, you know, drinking, there's some plastic water bottle that is really cool or something. And so girls are drinking out of their plastic water bottles and putting, you know, bath and body work scented lotions on, all over themselves. And that's like, cool we did thing. The same thing. you're a young girl, right? <laughs> well, all those things are known to mess with our hormones. So I'd start there, Yikes. you know, um, <laughs> removing that stuff and seeing if there's a difference, um, focusing on good quality nutrition. I don't like talking diets and especially with young girls. Um, but if we can talk about foods that nourish our bodies, mm -hmm. um, and gravitating towards those, um, foods that help support our hormones and help us to feel good. Um, and that can be a simple thing to start with. And then if, what are some really quick, what are some good foods you think that are like, just should, it would be beneficial to be staples. You don't have to eat them, but it'll be beneficial. Yeah. I just keep it simple. Whole foods, you know, okay, um, yeah, it came yeah. from the ground or an animal and it wasn't sprayed with pesticides and it wasn't given hormones. Um, so just really simple, um, back to the basics. <laughs> yeah. I have a question. Um, I know a lot of, um, the viewers asked different things specifically, but to kind of make it simple, uh, is period pain normal or what should be the ideal period experience like? Oh, that's yeah. a good way to sum it all up. Yeah, I know a lot of people <laughs> had different specific things. So, Period pain is common, but it's not normal. Um, common in that many women experience it, but not normal because your symptoms or period related issues are telling you that's your body's way of talking to you telling you something's going on. Um, so your period, you want it. So your actual period, when you're bleeding, um, you want it to be about three to seven days in length. Any shorter is an issue. Any longer is an issue. Um, you want to be losing less than 70 to 80 milliliters of blood, um, during your period. And you do not want to have any pain, um, mild discomfort. Sure. But if it's knocking you out, nope, go get it checked out. Mm -hmm. So final question, and I think we're going to have to have you on because we have so many more questions. Yeah, we didn't even, I'm sorry, y'all. We, did <laughs> like, we didn't even, even get to like a 10th of them. Yeah. That's just well, how many. Well, we There's, can do a few more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, a few more questions. Yeah. Or, okay. 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 Well, Vic, hold your question for last. Okay. Then. Okay. Um, we can do a few more just because like, you know, people sent them in. Um, yeah. Okay. So you, we asked the thing about a healthy period what? okay oh, so ahead. kind of going to the supplements what supplements do you recommend to kind of like so for the girls that want to get off birth control 
and are kind of going through that process, what supplements do you recommend? Mm-hmm. It's totally specific to the person. Okay. I you well, I guess what that. do you do? <laughs> so then I guess like, what do you do to kind of like, I guess, like, I guess test the hormones, determine like what the girl needs, like, what do you, like, what should we be asking or like, what should we be yeah. asking our natural path, our doctor, um, when we come in so we can be, so we can regulate our hormones. Yep. Yep. So I'll tell you the process I take my clients through, and then you can find a practitioner who would maybe be willing to do something similar. Um, or, you know, if you can find a practitioner who will look at your charts, you know, amazing. Um, sometimes that isn't always the case. And even when I was at, um, I, I worked at a naturopathic clinic before I opened up my own practice and, and we didn't use, um, fertility awareness, uh, for our female clients. Um, I wasn't even aware that it was the thing. Um, and so not all functional practitioners are fertility awareness oriented. Um, sometimes they don't even know that, um, it's a thing. You know, I remember that we had a client come in one time and she was complaining of some sort of hormonal symptoms. And so she actually brought me her, my, my role at the time was to do intake. And so just to get people checked in, um, and she showed me her charts for over 20 years. Wow. Yes. And for her. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yes. I mean, I wish that that was always the case at the time though. I was like, what is this? I mean, she must be really obsessed with her period or something, you know, (laughs) and, and that sometimes can be the, the reaction that we get from our practitioners. If they aren't aware of how to actually assess the menstrual cycle as a vital sign, through charting. Um, and so, but the process that I take my clients through, first of all, is all the lifestyle related things. Um, and so, and we usually spend a good month, um, going through all of that and, and sometimes longer. And so, um, specific to the client, um, we'll talk about different food choices. Um, we'll talk about, you know, lifestyle and different, um, chemicals that we might be exposed to, um, in our environment that we want to reduce. And so it's all about making your lifestyle hormone friendly. And then we move into phase two and phase two is what I call the discovery phase. And so that's where we're trying to figure out what is going on. And so if the woman has been charting her cycle, we've already got a lot of information that we can go off of. Um, sometimes it's a brand new thing and no worries because I'll teach women how to do that. Um, and I use, um, uh, basal body temperature and cervical fluid, um, that combination, um, with my clients. And so sometimes, um, women will come from like a, a cervical mucus type of method, which is amazing by the way. Um, and so we'll add in the BBT. Um, and, and so we'll use the charts to help us figure out what's going on. Um, sometimes, you know, if women haven't had, um, a lot of charts behind them, it can take a long time. You know, we're talking like one chart is a whole month and sometimes people don't want to wait that long, right. Um, Mm -hmm. to start getting to the root. And so we might do a more comprehensive hormone testing, um, hormone assessments. The one that I love is called the Dutch test. Um, and they have a couple different types of hormone assessments based on, um, what you're kind of looking for. Um, some just, uh, assess your hormones and we time these, uh, these hormone tests 
based on where you're at in your cycle. And so that's another reason why we have to be charting because um, we want to make sure that we're doing, remember your hormones fluctuate throughout your cycle. And so you don't want to be assessing them at the wrong time in your cycle. Um, and some of the Dutch hormone assessments, we can actually look at your hormones. We can test them. It's a urine test that you do at home. So it's super easy to do. Um, but they, you can assess them every single day of your cycle. So we can actually see if estrogen is doing its nice peak. We can see if progesterone is doing its nice peak and staying elevated for long enough. And so it gives us even more information than what you would get in just a one day hormone test. Um, and so for women who have more irregular cycles or have fertility challenges, that's usually the one that, um, will gravitate towards. And then once we know what's going on, or we have an idea of what kind of hormonal pieces we're dealing with, then we can move into the game plan. Um, and so I don't like to do just, you know, try this supplement, you see if it works, you know, try this one, see if it works. Um, because you can just waste a whole lot of time doing that. And sometimes you can actually do more harm than good. Um, because supplements, even though they're natural, it doesn't mean that they don't do something right. Um, and so you can actually mess up your hormones a little bit by just trying, you know, this and that, and then this next hormone balancing supplement and whatnot. Um, and so it's very specific. And then, um, we move into maintenance mode. Um, so that's kind of the, the process that I use. Um, and I find that it's really helpful because we're able to actually see the woman as an individual and not just the one size fits all approach that we see so often in the rest of women's health. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. I, my next, this is kind of a personal question and I do yeah, think. it's going to be like, Hey, what do I need to do next? <laughs> well, not even that. It, it's just, how do I find someone and someone else asked this too. And one of my friends texted me was like, and when I told, when I announced like your title, she was like, and does she live in Charlotte? So like, where do we <laughs> I'm find? Virtual. So I, I work with women all over. Oh, the really? Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> this is great news. Yeah. I do. Does earn insurance usually cover you? No, that's the difficult thing is if you're finding somebody in more like of a holistic functional space, um, insurance, insurance doesn't. Nope. Nope. So unfortunately, but, um, sometimes you can find like a good NAPRO doctor in your area who would maybe take insurance or maybe like a midwife that's more holistically minded, um, I know the midwife that I saw after I delivered my babies, um, she was like, and so now we have to figure out what kind of birth control you want to do. I'm like, oh, did you not get to know me over the last <laughs> No, <laughs> but some of them are more, um, fertility awareness oriented. Um, and so you can find them. Um, yeah, yeah. this is just a side note. Um, a lot of things I noticed when, um, I had a friend, I was helping him find a dentist, but he wanted to go to a natural dentist that doesn't use fluoride. None of them took insurance. Yeah. Um, if you, this is like nutritionists that I've had, none of them took insurance and it's, they're not trying to be mean. They're not trying to hurt you. It's just, that's just how the health system is. They only really want to help you once you've gotten whatever it is, but they don't really want to help that's you. Preventative. Yeah. 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 Mallory, I want to. I want to add to that. I 
and I want to start talking more about that specifically on social media because you know you can get your birth control mailed to you and you don't even need parental approval uh I don't know if that's in every state it probably changes based off what state state you're in yeah and it's so easy cheap accessible and my birth control was free for insurance oh my goodness and so ideally for me what I want in that um post-row abortion-free society is healthcare like what we're describing that you can use your insurance for your fertility practitioner for your Mm -hmm. naturopath for Mm -hmm. your midwife etc like that's that's just the ideal I would love to lobby and testify to at the state capitol about why we need more education and funding for specifically fertility awareness yeah and that's why I made my comment earlier that I have to be more on top of my finances to be able to go to someone who yeah. can help me live a more natural life even for example like um I'm looking to do it's the place that does like a a more holistic or I, I guess holistic nail polish and they do like a massage type thing significantly yeah I'll have to send it to you guys Dang, significantly okay. more expensive yeah and they do like different types of things that's supposed to help your body but it's all like natural so, and they don't do they do not do gel if you have gel you have to go someplace else to get it off because they won't have it in there um, yeah have a salon like that Mira. yeah 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 so like I want to do that but all that's more expensive too but that's healthier yeah. for you that's healthier but who knows maybe in a hundred years from now like how mainstream birth control and is right now maybe in a hundred years it's going to be fertility awareness is the thing and everyone's like ew hormonal contraception gross (laughs) and who knows you know in a hundred years 50 years I don't know you can use your insurance for these things and it takes people like us advocating for that change And I think, you know, a lot of practitioners, um, aren't even taught this in med school, you know? Um, and so it's, and that's another reason why it wouldn't be offered through most doctors is they just aren't aware. It's not that they're trying to withhold the information from you. It's just that they don't have the information to teach. Mm -hmm. If I'm wanting to go, cause I really want like, this is like my husband and I kind of like just had like every year, like like the word of the year, like what we really want to focus on. And like for us, it's like relationships with relationships with each other. We're focusing more on like our health. Like he's getting like a lot of blood work done, testing his thyroid, his testosterone, stuff like that, making sure his hormones are good. What do I, cause I really want, I was going to like talk to like my primary care doctor about this, but what guys he got for me is like, I want to understand my hormones and make sure I'm good. What do you, like, what should be the first steps for me? Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, so uh, asking your provider for a full thyroid panel can be so helpful because it gives you a lot more information than just a TSH. Um, and, and your thyroid plays such an intricate role in your female hormones as well. Um, and, you know, comprehensive hormone assessments, that's why I love the Dutch test so much is it's not just serum 
hormone. Like, um, in other words, what are your hormone levels at? It actually goes into, it goes a step further and tells you metabolites. And so that's what are your hormones actually doing? Um, and, and they assess them at different points during the day. And so that's something that, you know, you can self order a test. Um, you would want to find a practitioner who's able to, um, explain the, the results to you. Um, but that is something that, you know, I would definitely save the finances to do that because just the information that you get is so helpful. And even, you know, women who have, um, different hormone related symptoms, a lot of times you're able not just to see what levels your hormones are at, but for example, like women with acne, um, or hair loss, um, things like that. There's actually different forms of hormones like testosterone that are more potent. And so by doing a Dutch test, you could see, you know, my, I might be making the right amount of testosterone, but I might be making a more potent form. And so, Mm. oh my goodness, that's why I've got all this stuff going on. Um, and so really that, uh, comprehensive analysis and then charting, you know, you can learn so much information just from your chart. Um, like I remember you guys were talking about, you know, Oh, my progesterone might've been a little bit low because of my luteal phase was short and I had shorter cycles. Um, you know, that's information that you can gain, um, on a chart. It it can point you in that right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, Melanie, we, we are going to have to wrap it up soon, but Melanie pointed out to me that I should start. And even though I am single, I, she made a very good point about the, the progesterone comment. I was like, you know what? There's probably things that are going on in my body. Cause like I mentioned, I had my hormones tested and all the doctor said was everything's good. She didn't really explain it. So that's a whole Yeah. And that's what my doctor said. They're like, your thyroid's good and your hormones. Like, yeah, there's like a extra, like a extra estrogen. But then that should just balance out. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm like, I mean, I've been on birth control for a year and a half. And like, I still haven't lost weight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to start charting. And I I do want to to do it because like our health is so important. And I told myself 2022, I'm going to start taking my health, my health and my wealth very seriously. I say wealth silly because I don't have wealth, but I want to start working on it now. Um. One, oh, Vic, can you ask your question? And then I'll ask two questions and then we'll be done. Okay, perfect. So my question is like, what have you done? Like what changes have you made day to day based off your cycle? Like where you are in your cycle? Ooh, what do you do that's like different? Like, cause I know like Alyssa B recommends eating like certain foods, doing certain workouts. Have do you do stuff different day to day based on where you are in your cycle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because just in the last year, I've been able to play with that because prior to that, um, for four years, I was either nursing or pregnant. Okay. Doing all sorts of different things and you're yeah. not na- regularly <laughs> cycling. Right. Um, but, um, as far as work-life balance, you know, sometimes I'll schedule more, um, more speaking engagements or more consultations, you know, heavier on the days prior to ovulation. And I'll kind of like taper off a little bit. I won't take on new clients, you know, on a week that I know I'm going to be feeling a little bit less energized, but at the same time, I've been able to do things so that throughout my cycle, I do 
feel pretty good. You know, um, my period used to take me out. Now it surprises me. If I weren't charting, I would not know that it's coming. I don't have cramps anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's amazing unless you're wearing white pants to church, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. And then you're like, you know where you're at in your cycle. So you're like, I know I'm really risking it today, but <laughs> man, this outfit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, different things that I've done, um, you know, it's been more holistic, you know, like I have switched out the cookware that I use so that I'm using non-toxic cookware. Um, not all the non-stick stuff that has a bunch of chemicals that can mess with your hormones. Um, I've started, you know, I've changed out every single thing I use for my hair, my makeup, um, everything I use in the shower, my toothpaste, you know, um, all of those things. Nice. Um, yeah, that's how I'm trying to be. And it takes time and it's, and it's a work in progress and I'm still making changes in our house. You know, one of the more recent things is we got an air purifier, um, and that has made a world of difference. You know, one of the things I'd like to invest in the future is a personal sauna so that I can work on my detox, you know, my dad bought one from Amazon. Yes. Infrared sauna is where it's at. Um, but yeah, so we're always making changes, but as far as like what I do, um, with my cycle rhythm. Um, so when you're gearing up towards your period, um, more like warming foods, um, soups, things like that. And in one degree weather here in Minnesota, it's really nice. I was going to say, I'm sure that probably good. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) But around the time of ovulation, you know, it's more uh, smoothies and salads, you know, you have a lighter appetite Um, and or just giving myself more time to rest prior to my period, you know, when I'm in the luteal phase um, can be so helpful and really prioritizing sleep. Um, And at different points in our cycle, we're more prone to have sleep disturbances. And so just really being aware. Yeah. yeah. That's such a good point. Oh my goodness. That was something I left out. I would have insomnia like day one and day two of my period. And I would keep thinking like, oh, well, it's just a coincidence that I'm having bad sleep and I'm on my period. And it wasn't until tracking my cycle, fertility awareness, talking about it with my practitioner that I realized, hold up, hold up, hold up. This isn't normal and this is not okay. And I should not be experiencing this every month. And the progesterone puts me to sleep. Okay. I I really need to, I keep going, keep going. This is good information. When you chart your cycle, you'll be able to, and you know, charting your cycle, um, it looks different for each woman who does it, you know, there are different ways to do it. Um, and, but so in addition to the fertile signs, you know, like cervical fluid and basal body temperature, sometimes cervical position, sometimes urinary hormones. Um, in addition to that, you can also put in different symptoms and say, you know, once you have a few charts completed, you can look back and go, oh, wow. I was feeling that exact same way during that point in my cycle. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I always get headaches at this time. And so yeah. you learn so much wow. Um, wow. with that as well. Mm-hmm. I, this is, I mean, this is such good information. I love learning about this. I mean, like I said, like I'm in the phase where I want to get a lot of things done on my to-do list. And I was just thinking, we have interviews lined up for the next five days. 
and it makes oh and good, good should, timing yeah and but that's just when I was like, okay I need to do this this and that I you know next time I should be respectful for you guys in cycle as well but I was just like, oh yeah let <laughs> me just coordinate with five yeah <laughs> but I was like, oh my goodness yeah let's see this is this because I was just in that and it's just yeah. it's so crazy once you become aware of this you see it everywhere yeah and the whole coming home and being tired thing about men my brother at the end of the day he'll eat and he'll sleep on the couch like when yeah. we're all watching like something especially like if it's like a Friday night and we're just like relaxing we'll all eat dinner together then he'll go sit down and just fall asleep and it's like yeah. oh his thing so it's just so crazy how yeah. like I don't I just I wish I knew more but I guess at the beginning you know better so you do better last question before our big question um is how can people get more information on this topic like where what books do you recommend because I'm going to link them books, if there's a podcast, podcast resources resource a human yeah. you recommend I don't know anything <laughs> so like message in the sky right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so as far as books I have a list are you ready okay yes um, oh dear so- god this is my language <laughs> I was gonna say Vic is gonna obviously <laughs> <laughs> yes I know I'm talking to the right people so <laughs> the fifth vital sign by Lisa Hendrickson Jack is a really good one. Um, and all of these, you know, they, they have different types of information. And so it's all hormone and cycle related and, and people come from different backgrounds, you know, um, some of them will align with your values and others won't. And so you just take the health related mm-hmm. information and pick and choose, and you might not want to do the moon cycling part, you know, um, but you know, <laughs> some people do go out and stand in front of the moon at different points during their cycle and all sorts of crazy things. Um, and so, you know, you'll just take the information that's applicable to you. Um, I'm not one of those moon ladies, by the way, but, um, so okay, good to know. I was like, why don't cancel this episode? No. <laughs> oh, there's so many crazy things out there. You know, it's important to know how our cycles work and to, you know, yeah. our lifestyles accordingly, but it's not something I like worship in any way, you know, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, it's just the beautiful way God designed our bodies. But the next book is called beyond the pill. And that's by Dr. Jolene Brighton. That's a really good one. If you are on hormonal birth control, if you're coming off of it, if you're thinking of going on it, um, and it just talks about, you know, even ways to prepare your body before and after, um, really oh, good, and a lot of good research talking about side effects and things like that. Um, the next book period repair manual, um, that's a good one. Hormone intelligence by Dr. Aviva Ram. That's a great one. Um, that's for women in all seasons of life. Um, and then of course I could not complete the list without like the fertility awareness book out there. Taking charge of your fertility by Tony Weschler is a great one. Um, she teaches more of a symptothermal type of method. Um, so in, in, including the basal body temperature and cervical fluid. And then she also talks about cervical position in there as well. Um, and so that's a great one. It's, it's thick and it'll take you a while to get through, but it's like the textbook on how to do, uh, cycle charting. So that's a good one. Good. Yeah. And then I also, I have an online class. And so if you're like, I just want it, you know, the, the, the starter guide, um, that's on my website. And so it's called cycle reset. And okay. um, I will link that everyone. Um, 
Ooh, maybe we could all take it together. Oh, that'd be so fun. <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah. Some people do it with friends, you know, it is. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Mallory, I would love to share um, some podcast recommendations that I have. Sure. Everybody give tips. Okay. Just like Dr. V said, some of these um, podcasters (laughs) may align with your values or not, more new agey, more uh, Christian perspective. So take the good stuff that you want from these. So I'm just such a podcast fertility fanatic person. So one I really like is called Charting Towards Intimacy. Uh, There's another one, Cyclical, with Cassandra Wilder, uh, Fertility Awareness Project. Fertility Friday, also by okay, uh, Lisa, Hendri- Lisa Hendri- Hendrickson Jack. And she's up to, I think, like in the 400 episodes now. She's been going strong one. every okay. Friday. Um, the Wholesome Fertility Podcast and Managing Your Fertility. I've also been listening to, it's called Period Chats. They awesome. make a cycle seed kit. And so they talk more about cycle, um, seed cycling. And there's also another one I want to get into um, by the brand Prove that I think they um, they make um, the strips that you can pee on to test your LH level, I think. And so they have it's called the new Prove podcast. So those are just some that I love. Oh, and the Hormone Genius podcast. Learn about your hormone genius. Send me those because you spoke way too. Oh, and okay, two more, two more. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh natural womanhood has their own podcast, the natural womanhood podcast. And last one is Holy A Woman podcast with an with a the NFP pharmacist. Oh. So I'm gonna send this all to Mallory to put in the description. So a lot of different ones. Oh, and the Womb Room podcast, the Womb Room. So, so many different ones, different backgrounds. And I also want to just throw out the website, um, naturalwomanhood.com. It's a really good kind of like landing page, first steps. They put out a lot of good blogs, articles. And I think there's even a tab where you can search to find a fertility instructor near you. They also have a really great quiz that you can try to find out what is the best method for you based off of your budget, your state of life, um, what would just what would work best for you. They have a really cute quiz. And then based off of that, you can try to find an instructor near you or virtually. So that's a really good website. I like to recommend to people who are just getting started in the fertility world, naturalwomanhood.com. Okay. Well, these are really great. I hope we can continue this conversation um, into our personal life. I hope you guys already shared it with your friends. Um, one last question. This is the question we ask every guest. Um, <coughs> sorry, y'all. Um, if it's every... allergy season here. Yeah. We're all dying. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Minnesota. It's one degree. It kills everything. <laughs> all the pollen. <laughs> um, <Wow>. If every, <laughs> if every <laughs> single girl in the entire world is looking at you right now and you had to give them advice, every single girl what would you give them? And it doesn't have to be fertility or hormone or fertility um, related. It could be about anything, mm. but you can put it back that too. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. Well, my, my biggest hope in all that I do is just that every conversation I have, every client interaction I have, um, everything I post just, um, reflects, um, just the, the unique and amazing way that God designed our bodies. I pray that everything brings glory to God in the end. Um, I think that the way that he created our bodies is just so amazing and so unique and intricate. And the more I learn, the more I'm just in awe of the way that he designed us. It's incredible. And so I think, you know, and, and especially with the women who, who come to me with fertility challenges, or if this is you and you're listening to the podcast, you know, it's, it's trusting everything in the hands of God and, and using this time in learning about your fertility or, or tracking, or, you know, taking the supplements, doing the things it's using all of that time to the glory of God. He's going to teach you in this season. And I just pray it draws you closer to him. Amen. Amen. And I want to just add one teeny thing to the end. I think if we could all have that type of appreciation that Dr. V has, we could have so many more women who love being women. I feel like sometimes you hear and women are like, yeah, I'm a girl. It's so hard. And you know, if there are things that are challenging, that women have that men don't have, but God made our bodies so beautiful uniquely. And I just want everyone to, to feel the same way you feel. That was great. <laughs> our fertility um, is a gift. It is. Yes, it is. It really is. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciated this. I learned a lot. I say this every time, but I really did. Um, and we'd love to have you on again, maybe I don't know. There was a couple questions we didn't get to, but who knows? Uh, and I definitely think we should all try to take one of the courses. I think that'd be fun. Um, is, oh, also, are there, how can people find you? Yeah. So, um, I'm on Instagram sporadically at Ova wellness. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a balance, right? When I've got two young kids and so we're doing like the preschool thing and then I've got clients and then I've got yeah. family and, you know, so I'm on there when I can be, and I try to provide valuable information there, but also my website is ovawellness.com and you can always shoot me a message through there as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so, so much, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. Make sure you share this. I think this is an episode that every woman should hear. This is good information. This is um, a great start. I think we kind of just scratched the surface of this conversation and we're going to continue. This will be an ongoing conversation on the podcast because this is very important. And like I said earlier, when you know better, you do better. Um, But yeah, make sure you rate, review, like, subscribe, share, tell your mom, tell your sister, Tell your aunt, tell that grandma, tell your grandmother, tell the cousin you haven't seen in six years, tell your friend you went to the high school with that you barely talked to, tell everybody that you know that's a woman and men, because, you know, if you're married to a woman, you're going to want to know this information as well. Tell them about this episode. Or going to be married. Or going to be, to be married. Yes, yes, yes. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Anybody? Um, yeah, I just I, think, oh, okay. I, yeah, I just want to emphasize what Dr. B said about to just to reflect on the beauty, the intricacy that God took the time to design 
you to design women and to design our fertility, our menstrual cycle, even down to our ovaries, to our eggs. Like, I just think it's so amazing that God, he really did that. And we should really have more appreciation for our cycles. Yes. Yes. It's our fifth vital sign. And everybody, like we've said before, and we'll keep saying, you don't have to say, I'm on my period. You can say, I'm on my period. Does anybody have a pad or a tampon? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm in my luteal phase. <laughs> and for I'm my email, my period. <laughs> it's so I am ovulating. <laughs> friends at times even know where I'm at in my cycle because they're like, oh, you planned all these social gatherings, you know, and normally I'm more the introvert. And so it's funny because you get to know your friends and, and, and where they're at too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's beautiful. And it's, it's so great. I, I just, I love it. I love talking about this topic. I love like learning more about it. I think it's really important to, for us to be able to be well-adjusted, healthy women um, that can also train up a generation of well-adjusted, healthy women. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too. This, yep. is, this is good information for us, but it's also going to be good information for our daughters. Yeah. It doesn't stop here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys, everybody have a good rest of your day, night, evening. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.